Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This September marks the 50th anniversary of Ferdinand Marcos Sr.'s Declaration of Martial Law. This series, we are calling it The Memory Project, hopes to keep alive the testimonies of thousands of human rights victims under the dictator's military rule. What you're about to hear is from an affidavit attesting to the ordeal and fate of one such victim. It will be read by one Filipino who pledges to never forget. Please listen. Mabuting makinig. On the afternoon of April 26, 1974, my husband was picked up from his office at the Philippine Bank of Communications, where he had worked for 35 years by Captain Saturnino Domingo. He was not even able to notify me. So that night, my children and I kept waiting for him. I tried all means to locate him, but to no avail. In the morning, I went to Camp Krame to see if in case he might be there because so many people were disappearing at that time only to find out that the military had taken them to Camp Krame. I was told to go to CANU, Anti-Narcotics Unit. There I went to the office of Colonel Bienvenido Felix. At the distance, I saw my husband. I was going towards him when they, the soldiers, Stop me. Somebody shouted in a loud, thunderous voice. Wag ipakausap si How sa kanyang asawa. Incomunicado yan. I was stunned. So he was incomunicado for a week. After that, I was able to talk to him. He recounted that the interrogators questioned him all night, asking the same question over and over again. Then the following days and night, they would wake him up at the different times. He could hardly eat or sleep. After a month, he was still at CANU, wherein he developed a heart problem. He was then taken to the camp hospital inside, where he stayed until about the end of July 1974. I went to Secretary Juan Ponce Enrile to request for a house arrest. Instead of being confined in a hospital so he could rest, but Mr. Enrile said he could not help us, but that case of my husband was directly under President Marcos. From some source, I found out that it was Ralph Nubla who asked Mr. Marcos to incarcerate my husband at Camp Krame. He was transferred to Camp Gymnasium, where so many detainees were cramped together with just two bathrooms. I recall that there must have been hundreds of them inside the gymnasium. So day and night, until December 22, 1974, he stayed in that filthy, cramped, unhealthy condition, while his wife and five younger children suffered too, at home. Deprived of his income during the eight months, he was incarcerated. That was a very traumatic experience for my family. 
He was released December 22, 1974, wherein his condition deteriorated and was not able to recover, and he died on October 30, 1980. Will you also pledge to never forget? And would you like to lend your voice to The Memory Project? Email us at tekateka at pumapodcast.com and we will send you an affidavit that you can record, a testimony you can help keep alive. In the meantime, if you appreciated this episode, please share it with a friend. Mabuting makinig, lalo na kung sama-sama tayo. Tulong-tulong tayo to remember and never forget.